As the story goes, one day in 1957, Jason drowns in the lake at the young age of 11. The counselors ain't hear nothing, they were too busy fucking. He gasped for his last breath, trying to reach for something. That was all they saw, this kid was reported drowned. They searched Crystal Lake, but his body was never found. Mommy broke down and cried, her only son died. Why little Jason, that's all she had in her life. But Mommy just snapped, she said, I'm getting him back. Time heals all wounds, but she never could adapt to the fact her baby boy is never coming back. Those two responsible assholes had better watch the back, but they didn't the dare. The bodies are laying in the mud I'd like to welcome you all to Camp Blood It's only time they find out what it's all about Now it's time, it's lights out And no one's getting out, bitch Welcome to Rabbit Blue Radio with the Skeleton Exclusively at Horrorbit.com. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Rabbit and Blue Radio with the Skeleton Crew. This is Alex, Michael J, and our special guest host, Dan Chase. Today is Friday the 13th, and the wild ride comes to an end. This is the final day of the 12 days of Friday the 13th special at Rabbit and Blue Radio with the Skeleton Crew. I'm sad. Me too. It, it's just, it's a bummer. I mean, we were doing this for 12 days straight, and like we reached the end of, of the journey. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Halfway through it, I wanted to hang myself. Now that we're at the end of it, I wish I was still there doing it around part six and five. That was fun stuff. Right. We should oh, start okay. over from one again. Yeah. Does everybody want to hear another take on these movies <laughs> from <laughs> yeah. the same three people? Uh, <laughs> and there's always Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Nightmare on Elm Street. And, and... and Ghoulies and Troll. <laughs> and we always have those badass Leprechaun movies. And we oh, have... yeah. Oh, yeah. Chucky. Don't forget Chucky. Yeah, Chucky. House. Puppet Masters. Oh, yeah. That was an incredible series of movies. Those are definitely worth wasting 12 of my days for. <laughs> Actually, ten, well, that'd be only 10 days because there's 10 movies. Oh, good. All right. Well, this movie is is just like Part 8, and I think it's very highly controversial. You know, you got the remake factor, number one. Mike, how did you feel when you saw that this one's going to get hit to? Right away, what'd you think? I said, what are you, fucking nuts? Okay. Uh, seriously, that's that's what I said. I'm like, I'm like, okay. I'm like, I'm like, you know what? I'm like, it's it's in the order. I said because first Halloween got remade. Now Friday the Thirteenth is getting remade. I'm like, okay, what are they going to do? I'm like, are they going to remake one where it's Jason's mother doing the killing or what? That's what they should have done. <laughs> that's where I was going to get at with this. Did you think they were? You see, I didn't think they were going to remake actually part one. I thought. They were going to blend the two, and here's what I thought was going to happen. I was, you might call this overthinking it, but I thought they were going to remake it, have the mom doing... I thought, you know, it, it would pretty much rush right to the killing part yep, uh, right. at the end of part one. And I thought you were going to see that Jason was actually helping his mother, because I don't think his mom could have killed certain people. I don't think... And remember when... Brenda's body goes through the window, and then all of a sudden you yeah. see the Jeep driving down. I, yeah. I thought it would be cool to show Jason throwing her through the window, and then the mom really driving down. Like That's what the movie was missing, dude. You you hit the nail on the head. Yeah. Yep. We missed bodies being thrown through windows and hanging from trees, you know, and dangling there. We missed that. Right. It's a shame. And, and I thought that would be the remake, that they would somehow tie Jason in with the mother's killings. Right. Stuff like that. But instead... We all know they just opened it up with the uh, head chopping scene. Yeah, that was dumb, dude. That was just for me. It's just when I first saw it, I was like, okay, like it was getting like I just felt that that was a little bit just forced. And then uh, yeah. for that whole fifteen minute prologue, that was the best part of the movie, and I still feel that way. You know, you know how everybody complains and they say, why do they remake movies when? The remake has nothing to do with the original. You know, like House of Wax? Right. Which I love, but... 
Me too. It has nothing to do with the original. Now, now here's here's my take on it, and this is probably not a popular, you know, nothing I say is a popular take. God only knows how I got this job. <laughs> so yeah. my take on it is this. Whenever I do see a movie that's remade, pretty much redoing what was actually done, right. I don't like it. It seems forced. It seems fake. And that's probably why I despise the Halloween remake. Because maybe it is a good movie, but I just don't see it. I think it was boring. And I think one of the reasons it was boring is because I just feel like they're redoing what I already saw but not right. as good. It's not as classic. It's just not the times. It's just gone. It's right. yep. It just doesn't fit anymore. That's why it didn't work for me. And when I see a movie have a whole new kind of twist and reimagining of itself, it's interesting. It's like a new movie to me that they just use the old name. That's all. And that's all it was, dude. And I think that my main thing about this movie is I love this movie if you take out the fact that they're calling it a remake. As a Jason movie alone, it's fucking awesome. I agree. Now, you call it a remake, and it changes everybody's perception of it. It's, it, you know, everybody's expecting one thing. We talked about expectations with movies going in, getting one thing, and coming out, and it's totally different. So I just think that the movie itself was fucking awesome. I got no gripes with this, except, like you said, the beginning, where they tried, they had to throw in Jason's mother in there for two seconds, you know? And it was just like, like you said, forced, and it didn't belong. And the acting right. was they bad. shouldn't have called it a remake. No. Yeah, well, you know what though? But why did they have? They didn't. They didn't have to throw his mother in there anyway. What they could have right. done was they could have done something like they did in part two, where the movie opens at a campground and you see those teenagers or whatever, you know, during the prologue of the movie, sitting around talking about the legend of Jason and explaining the mother getting her, you know, decapitated. That would have been better. Like Paul. You don't need to see it because I'll tell you what. Whoever they got to play the mother, I, I forget her name. I believe it was Nana Visitor. I'm not positive, but I think that was yeah, it. Yeah, she's a visitor. She should go back where she came from. Right. Oh. She did not. She was on one of the Star Trek shows, I think. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She did not capture the spirit of Betsy Palmer. No. I don't think anybody else can at this point. She didn't. So why do you do that? Because that's a buzzkill for all of the diehard fans of the film. Yeah, it didn't look it, another, like I said before, it wasn't authentic to me. How about the girl who was supposed to be playing Adrian King's character? It was like, who is this? Like, what's going on? Horrible casting with that, too. I think the two of them were the worst parts of this movie. Right. You know? Oh, I agree. I agree. There's a lot to talk about here. I know we wanted to keep this one short, but if you guys are looking at the bottom right of your screen and you see over an hour, don't be surprised. <laughs> Mike wants to keep this short. I don't think it's going to be a short show. <laughs> No. no, definitely not. There's just a lot to talk about. I want to talk about that opening scene, too, because really, if you think about it, that's the first time it showed Jason. Um, they talk about the legend and how he saw his mother get decapitated, but you've never actually seen that on film. So that was kind of cool in one sense, but that's all I give that scene is, is okay, well, you see him looking through the woods at his mother. That was kind of cool. Yeah, that is cool. That was the best but, part. Like I said, it doesn't redeem that scene. I think the whole scene is, like you said, forced and it shouldn't have been there. Like Mike said, if they would have started with that great opening that they did start with, you know, after after that scene, obviously, that was one of the best scenes in all the Friday the 13th movies, I think, is that first group of kids, you know? Everybody says that. They say that the first... It's so good! Yeah, they say the beginning was amazing, and then uh, people who don't like it say it dropped after that. Yeah, because I love... The thing is, I love the Whitney character. And it's like, after that scene, it's that's Amanda Rigetti. I love her. Ugh. And after that scene, she was gone. And right. Right. It's like, you know, and then you find out later, you know, she's in a cave or whatever. That she, We'll get into that later, but yeah. that's just ridiculous in its own right. But still, yeah, yeah. I mean, they they were a strong group of of kids. They, you know what I mean? They embodied what teenagers do today, yeah. so to speak. And I liked all of them. I have to admit, man, yeah. this had a likability factor. and And then the second group of people had a really non-likability factor for a couple people, and I have... Yeah. Not all of them, though, Alex. Not, not all, all of them, absolutely them. not, but I have yeah. specific reasons I don't like some people, and we, we talked about some of those reasons in the last movie, but okay. Now let's get to the the opener. So you got Jason with 
the sack on his head, sort of. That was very nice nod, but I didn't like the look of the sack. Yeah, no. it, it looked... You know what? It kind of scared me because I don't like people with bandages on their faces. And it kind of looked like dirty bandages on his face. So it was kind of, you know, hard for me to watch that those scenes. Yeah, it wasn't a sack. It was bandages. That's right. That's what it looked like to me. I think they thought a sack would look too hokey in this day and age. And I, and I, don't, I don't agree with them. I think it would have looked fine. Um, I think you're right. So, okay. Nudity has to be brought up right off the bat. Normally we save that for the awards because it's such a great thing to give awards to, but we have to get into it. Yeah, we we have to get into it now. Uh, Nudity in this movie, let's start with the first one. A lot of people feel that that was very... America, Olivia, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I, I met her actually at this hotel, but... Yeah, her boobs are too big. Oh, no, no, they're not. Yeah, they are. <laughs> People say that the nudity in this movie was very forced and uncomfortable. I disagree. Do you? Yeah, I mean, well, no. Her, her scene wasn't. Her scene wasn't at all. Well, that was pretty much all there was until you get to the water ski and then the, the sex scene at the end. So yep. I'm going to go ahead and say that... I don't really want to be around a lot of people when I watch this movie because right. of this. Uh, boing. <laughs> Maybe my guy friends, but I wouldn't watch it with my parents. I, I, I'm not very comfortable watching it with my girlfriend. Well, that's different. Do you guys feel I, that way? If, no, if I had a girlfriend, I'd totally watch it with her because I figure, oh, I'm gonna get you know, gonna get some this evening. Yeah, it's gonna get her all hot and bothered. Yep. All right. So, what did you think of the, the new sleeping bag kill? That was, I think that's a little, that that was a little too much for me. I don't like to see people burning alive. I don't like that stuff. Well, see, here's the thing. I, I enjoyed it, but on the flip side of it, I thought, you know, it was a little too much, like, it was making Jason into kind of like a jigsaw-ish character. A little bit too much for my taste. I thought it made Jason look like, what they try to make Freddy look like in Freddy vs. Jason, like he is a sick guy who gets off on this stuff. Right, but Jason isn't, yeah, but that's not Jason. What do you mean? Because the thing is, Jason isn't a sick guy who gets off on this stuff. Jason is just somebody does who kill doesn't people? know what the hell he's doing. Yeah, but he looked like he knew what he was doing. Right. Well, and that scene built tension, though, too, when she was hanging. It wasn't just like, oh, here's a kill. You know, it was from the other girl's perspective when she was running back, and then you got the other kid in the in the uh, bear trap or whatever that, whatever he was in. So that, that whole scene, it, was, it wasn't just the kill. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't just like, oh, we're going to kill her, and right here. It was like building a lot of tension in that movie, like a lot of shit was going down. And whether Jason meant to do that or not, who knows? Like, you know, maybe maybe he just did it. Because he he wanted to get the other ones quicker too, because he thought they were getting away. You know who knows? And two man, he had to lure that kid into that bear trap too, and that's how he got in. You know that's how we lured him in. Not to say Jason couldn't take care of him any other way, a la machete or something. But you know, you got to think of that aspect too. You know, right. he was running to her because she was screaming. So and then he got caught in that, and yeah. therefore that's how the whole scene unfolded, really. Okay, so what do you think of Clay? He's searching for his sister, goes around, the cops already know about him. They're like, hey, buddy, come on, stop stop bugging everyone. Oh, and, and wait, that's another thing I want to talk about. So he goes to that lady's house. Yeah. The dog's barking, she comes out. Did you not feel like you were watching Texas Chainsaw yep, Massacre? Exactly, exactly, exactly how I felt. Yep. It's like they picked her off the set and dropped her into Friday the 13th. Yep. But at the same time, she, she gave some insight to why, you know, she was like, you know, we keep to ourselves and we don't go over there. And it showed that the locals, it explained why basically all the locals didn't get off. Yeah, but she was overacting, you know what I mean? She overacted a lot. She was. I agree, that's but true. it does explain something, like I said, that's never really been addressed in the series to why, you know, like we said in part four, why is Tommy Jarvis and all those people, why do they get to live on Crystal Lake and, and not get subjected to Jason's antics? And in this one, she kind of addressed it, not in like, you know, oh, I'm here just for, for this, for this uh, you know, quick little thing here. But I think they did it pretty organically and said, you know, we keep to ourselves and stuff like that. It made sense. 
I didn't love the scene, but it did make sense, you know? And I thought it was pretty cool. I always wondered how Jason chose who he killed. Like, why did he necessarily have to kill all those kids on that boat to New York? And why didn't he kill everybody in the diner? And right. why did he just go after those two? Right. Exactly. That's a big what the F motive here. You're right. All right. So, Clay, what did you think of. Uh... I like the character. Yeah, Clay was the Jarvis of this film. He tried to be. I don't think he succeeded. No, not exactly. But he, I mean, I thought he was a strong enough character. But see, here's the thing. I think they got their, their, their roles kind of crossed. I think they wanted to make... I think they were trying to make Clay out to be that character, but it didn't work. I think Whitney was more of that character type, even though she was not seen for the majority of the film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. All right, Mike talked about Whitney being captured. Let's get into that. What do you guys think about the approach to we're going to write a movie where Jason has this picture of his mother and it looks like a random girl who unfortunately stepped foot on Camp Crystal Lake? What do you think of that angle? Was it stupid? Was it like, okay, like, really? Well, yeah, see, I think I I like that because it just showed – the emotional peaks, I guess, and uh, of Jason, it showed a lot of emotion in him, how he got pissed at her and then started sharpening his blade and how he was just, you know, that really got to him. And you never really saw it in any other movie, if you think back to all of them. But that, that was cool. I mean, overall, though, uh, I didn't really like it. I think they were just trying to go back, you know, trying to say, oh, well, we know the movies, we know the story, and, you know, we're going to use this, and you know, and I just, I don't know, I don't think it, it worked as well as I... I think other things would in that movie. Yeah, I agree exactly with what you just said. It didn't work that well to me. And, you know, I guess what they were trying to do was further show his obsession with his mom. Right, right. What did you say? What did you say? That's about it, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, I don't know about you guys, but tell me about your theater experience. To me, when, when I saw this, I walked out of that theater thinking this was like the greatest Friday 13th in 20 years. Since Jason Takes Manhattan, we haven't had a good, like, well, I, X was good. I mean, amazing. And Freddy vs. Jason was good, but this was a whole nother level. Freddy vs. Jason was a little hokey, a little hokey yep. to me, and it wasn't scary at all, yep. I think. And that's that changed here. Like, my muscles were, com- like, tense 80% of the time I watched this movie. I felt like I lived it through the characters and they were hiding under those boats and he was pushing them aside and slamming everything. I mean, and the way he killed people, this guy was brutal, yeah. man. He was per- he really reminded me a lot of Ted White actually. Yeah. Oh, good. Hey, good reference, dude. I you're right on that one, Alex. Yeah, just that brutal like we said, the menacing Jason. Oh, he, he was, was back. a beast in this movie, dude. That's why I like it. You know, they didn't hold back. They kind of went all out on this. Yeah, the sound effects really carry this movie to another level. Like, regular scenes became amazing scares. The, the kills were just 500 times more brutal with, like, the loud, crazy noises and effects and the score. I'm just shocked that after the last three New Line movies that anybody complained about this. And I know, Mike, you, you do complain about it, right? Because you don't here's, like... Here's the thing. You talk about theater experience, and I brought that up before. I went to see it on Friday the 13th, uh, it's February 2009 when it came out, yep. and um, I went at 4.40 in the afternoon with a friend of mine. Uh, we both, we enjoyed it. Uh, I thought that it was awesome. I liked it so much that I went to see it with another friend that night, which would have been midnight, so that would have been Saturday the 14th at midnight. So within... 24 hours, I had seen the movie, yeah, less than 24 hours, I saw the movie twice, and I remember after seeing it both times, I'm like, dude, this is an amazing movie, I love this movie, I think it's, I I said, you know what, this is how they need to make, you know, remake movies, because this was really good. Right. Then, Did your mind change after the after you saw it a few more times, or was that when you got it when you got it home? Yeah, when the, when the Blu-ray came out, I picked it up and I watched it, and I'm like, eh, it's it's good, you know. And then I watched it again, and I'm like, eh, it's good. But then the lines, like there were certain parts that really started to get to me, like the thing with with 
um, Brie, you know, the blonde, and her boyfriend or whatever the whole time, or not her boyfriend, the guy. No, that, she didn't have a boyfriend. Yeah, the guy that, you know, the guy that, that she was screwing, I forget his name, at the thing. Trent. Yeah, Trent, that's it, where he's like, he's like, oh, that's, that's perfect nipple placement, perfect nipple placement. I'm like, you know what? Yeah, you're, yeah your tits are stupendous. Yeah. Now, first of all, her tits sucked because they were too big. That's number one. And number two is that was just a scene that didn't need to be there. Now, I like sex just like the next person, but it's like, you want to talk about forced nudity? That was forced. Well, that's what I'm saying. A lot of people said this movie did have a lot of forced nudity. Yeah, but I, I wanted to see that chick naked, dude. She's hot. And, oh, my God, the hottest girl in this movie is Willa Oh, Ford. my God. Let's I just, love Let's have a moment yeah. of silence, gentlemen. Yeah, okay, one more science for those legs. <laughs> okay. <sighs> God, those cut-off shorts, dude. When she walked out of that truck, I think, to the house they were staying in. Oh, my God. And you know what I'm so mad about? That when she was on that damn water ski, those stupid-ass bikini bottoms she was wearing, what the hell was that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was awesome. You take a hot girl like this and you dress her up like a freaking 70s burnout or something? Like, what were they going for, man? She would have looked so good in like, uh, I don't know, maybe a pink little bikini bottom or something. You know, you know what was great in that scene? She's on the boat and it's like, woo-hoo, woo-hoo, Oh, dude, what a surprise kill that was. I jumped and the popcorn flew in the air. That You know what that kill reminded me of? You ever see Rambo Part 4? Yeah. Yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, remember he was just offing everybody with that bow and arrow? Yeah, absolutely, dude. Very hardcore. Very brutal. And then that death was followed by Willow Ford's death, which is another, I think, one of the greatest kills in the whole series. Yeah, it's like, and her fucking eyes roll into the back of her head, and then she goes and like, and you hear, like, the water, like, bubbling up as she goes under and stuff. Oh, I felt so bad when she died. Oh, man, she is so beautiful. Yes, they were perky and wonderful, and... and... They left us way too soon. Oh wait, wait, whoa, whoa! You like Willa Ford's tits? Yeah, they were they were nice and they were nice and perky, and I, I don't feel that they were too big. Wow. Oh, Mike, thank you. I I knew you'd come through for me one the day. The last show, he finally came <laughs> around. Yeah. Last show, yeah. Of the special, don't worry. We'll we'll we're gonna annoy you for months to come. Hopefully. <laughs> hopefully years. Yeah. Who knows? We'll see where this goes. But <laughs> okay, let's get into the characters then. Now, I got some bitching to do, and I got some praising to do. Where should we always start? Bitching's always the best, or... Yeah, always bitch first. Bitch yeah. first, okay. Okay, I got a problem with Lawrence, the black guy in the movie. Okay. Or, which some people would refer to as the token black guy in the movie. Yeah. And that's what he was. You couldn't get more token. The fact his character was written to the point of insulting black people, if you ask me. Like what? What is it, rap? Oh, what, I can't listen to Green Day? Like, come on. Yeah, like he's mentioning his race in every scene. Yeah. Oh, what, you want me to pump gas because I'm the only black guy here? Like, he, <laughs> that movie, like, um, represented black people as if all they think about is that they're black. Yeah, that, that wasn't cool. And And another thing is, his kill was, I mean, come on. First of all, like the whole thing using as a decoy when he gets in the back with the axe and all that stuff. Although I was hoping for him to die at that time because he just annoyed me on some level. So that was cool. It's weird. Friday the 13th movies are kind of racist in a, in a weird way. Well, very much so. You know the old like racist joke that black people can't swim and stuff? Right, yeah. Did you notice that instead of really killing him, Jason just threw Julius in the water in part eight? Oh, yeah, that's true. Like, he figured, well, he can't swim, so let me just throw him in the water instead of, like, you know, cutting his throat. Yeah, yeah but maybe he, could, maybe he could swim. Well, obviously he could. He made it to the end of the movie where guys had punched well, him. Well, right, but see, Jason does enough stereotypes because Jason doesn't think. He's stupid. Well, now I'm going to, I'm going against my own thing here and going to the writers of the movie. Right. You know? See, yeah, but you know what? I like, I like the... Um... What he had going with the uh, with the other guy, they were kind of the party dudes, and you know, take away the oh, on the black guy aspect, you know, when showed all those scenes of them partying. I liked that. I, I I did. I did. That was one of the highlights of that group of the second group there. 
Yeah, when he was going to masturbate to the magazine, that was pretty Oh, weird. yeah, and even when he brings out the bong and he's like, Look, I, I, I saw you cheating on me with a bowl. He's like, ah, ah. He's, like he's like shocked. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? But here we go. Here's my complaint about yep. that. It was character awareness. Right. He knew what he was supposed to do in this movie. Right. I think he was a little too aware of it. He knew that he was supposed to be the token funny black guy. Yeah. And it just it just seemed at this day and age, man, come on. We've seen this a hundred times. Right, and they could have flipped the script and really done something different with it. And they just, like you said, went with the same old, same old. And it, it wasn't shocking or surprising at all. It's, yeah, here's the black guy. He's definitely going to get it, you know? Yeah, it was it was such a here's the black guy, mm-hmm. funny guy. That, that that's what it was to me, and that and guess what? The Chinese guy falls in the same right. category. He was the epitome of knowing what your character is supposed to bring to the movie, and it makes them one dimensional. Right. Yeah. He's too aware of his character to be taken seriously. Right. But the weird thing about him is he was really annoying in the beginning, but then um, he actually went from annoying to amusing. In the in the progress of his character, you know, by the time he got into the guy's garage, yep. and then he was drinking the drinks, and he said, "You rich assholes" or whatever, and then, <laughs> fucking douchebags. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and th- and then he goes, he then Jason. Uh, this stuff I don't like, but I do. I did like it in this movie. He had the hockey stick, and then he turns around and goes, "Here you go. I think this completes your outfit." Yeah. Like that was so. <laughs> So stupid, but I don't know. I guess it was fun. I like that character, though. I mean, he yeah. didn't piss me off too bad. There were certain things like, oh, I'm the funny guy, and, you know, with the, with the pot heads, and I'm, I'm going to drink out of a shoe and all that stuff. But That, yeah, total typical knew his role type. Yeah, and guy. his kill was the best, too. That's when he's like, he's like, <laughs> Oh, my God, with the sound effects. This guy. Like, do you need a minute? No, I'm just saying. I just I like it because like, <laughs> you like see it go through, and he's like, Whoa! and then his like throat fills with blood, and you could tell like he's like gonna choke on his own blood and die. The blood's curdling in his yeah, throat. Yeah, but I gotta say the, the black guy did go out there to go get his friend, and that's why I like that friend dynamic with them with that group because you know that was cool. you know, and, and I know it's not like groundbreaking stuff here, but it's nice to have stuff like that in a movie like this because. You know, like I like I said, I love this movie, but there are certain things which I wish you know would have been done different. But overall, stuff like that, it made it a good movie, man. It could have it could have been a lot worse, I think. Dude, it was a very good movie for what it was. Think of the bad remakes. Yeah. You know, at one point, I was so bitter about people who didn't like this movie. I was such like a you know like a I felt like a protester or something for people who hated it, and. At one point, I felt to myself like, dude, if you don't like this movie, I really suggest you sit in your bedroom and relive the 80s for the rest of your life and never open up or waste any money going to anything new. And those are the same people, Alex, that are like, oh, you know, Jason runs in this movie. Jason doesn't run. That's dude, those people. Go exactly. back and watch a movie or two. Are you fucking retarded? Are you stupid? <laughs> All right. I, I know we jumped ahead to... Uh, what the characters did. I just want to go back and reminisce one more time. Tell me these were not the greatest crop of babes in this movie. I know we already said Willa Ford's hot, but now let's get to Whitney. Oh, Whitney. She's hot. Mm-hmm. And Brie is hot. No. What? You said no? Uh, maybe her face is a little bit hot, but not really. See, I don't really like blondes that much. I'm more the brunette type of gentleman. Yeah, but... It doesn't matter, so, dude. Beauty, we beauty. all have our types. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, even even still, I would probably go for the blondes, but if they're too big up up in the chest area, I can't deal with it. I'll never understand you. <sighs> oh, good luck. Okay. That's definitely uh... best crop, though, Alex, by far. Every girl, and then, you know, Whitney, too, you know, she's she wasn't even supposed to be the sexy girl or anything. She was basically the main character, and oh, my God, beautiful. Some people say unrealistically hot. But you know what? We're watching a horror movie. I want to have a good time. I want to see hot chicks. I want to see everything I saw in this movie. What did you so. guys think of Trent's girlfriend there? The uh, the girl that I thought was going to live and, and then got it in the tunnel there? I think she's as hot as every single other girl. And Oh, you mean the non-shallow review? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, somewhat. Yeah. I thought it was interesting that she was willing to kind of leave Trent 
and go hang out with Clay. But see, I like that aspect too because it kind of was like, all right, well, who's the final girl here? You know, because they were kind of setting it up as her. And then when they showed Danielle Pennebaker come back at the end where we thought she was dead, it's almost like, okay, well, who's it going to be? And then I liked how they ended it too, you know, because it, it came as a surprise when she got it, you know. I thought that girl was going to make it to the end or at least, you know, to the last 10 minutes. And I thought that was great writing. When she got it, I was shocked, and it made you care. I cried. You cried? She shouldn't have died. She should have lived. That's the number one goal, I believe, in a horror film. You have to care when they die. What's the point otherwise? Or just put Willa Ford on screen. Or you could just do that, too. (laughs) And I cared that she died for other reasons. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but I don't know. I feel this movie was the perfect addition of a classic icon into a modern day horror movie. Yep, well said. You know, right. so. it's it it definitely revived a dead franchise since 1989. And Freddie, you know, people argue, Freddie, what are you talking about, Freddie vs. Jason? I, I don't, I don't know. I don't think that revived this as much as this movie. It was like we said on the last show. I think I think that movie's its own thing, and this kind of goes back to form where it's a Friday Thirteenth movie, and it, yeah, it doesn't continue obviously from the last one or anything. But there was a lot of continuity things in there. Whether they decided to keep things or 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 address it in a different way, like how he got his mask, and you know that was all different in this movie. But at least they still addressed it all, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, I, but I hated how he that got guy, too. The, uh, the, the guy uh, who, who found the bushel of weed. I'm talking about the guy who's like, hey, you want to buy some weed? I've got a whole bushel out back. <laughs> oh, yeah, that guy. I, I kind of hate him. I just don't like the way that, that Jason got the mask from him in general. Like, it, it's just weird. Like, how would Jason even know to look there for a mask? Does he have ESP or something? He found it. He it showed him like he just kind of saw it and he picked it up from there. Right, but why would he look there though? That's my question. Why not? He's looking around the room. And he and he kind of goes by it and he stops and sees it because right before then that guy that I just mentioned rips his other mask off so he doesn't have a mask. So you know, he's looking for something at that point. Right, but it's just that was to me that was forced. Uh. uh. Uh, so you can't, yeah, I, I can see what you're saying. I but... think it has to be addressed, though. How does he get the mask? Like, what does he just grab, like, get it from no, you know what I mean? Like, how, you got to do it organically Well, somehow. no, you know, no, you know what I would have done? Here's what I would have done. I would have t- taken a page from Friday the 13th, part three, and I would have showed the hick with the mask, and then have him get killed off screen, and then have Jason appear with the mask, kind of like in the third one. No, I'll tell you why. Because... Part three, when he got his mask, it didn't feel like an iconic moment. And you might say, yes, it did, because you already waited for that moment to come. In reality, it didn't. For those people sitting there, it didn't feel iconic. But when he killed that kid, I guess, and then he looked down and put that mask on, it felt like an iconic moment. And whether you you could say it was forced, I understand what you mean, but... It was it was a moment in the movie though, and you didn't have that in part three. He just walked out. He already had it on, and you didn't know he was putting it on. And like I know you say, you know, like you got to do it in some way. But if you, it, I just think that through throughout the storytelling, like I didn't love the way they did it, but I did feel like it was authentic. I felt like you know that made sense in that movie like that guy was was a local you know and jason had been there before stealing the kerosene like he he knew that layout before he had been there before it just seems organic that he would find the mask there as opposed to grab it from a bunch of kids partying and they just happen to have a hockey mask or something i just think it it fits better i really do right yeah it does it fits better That stuff might have worked in the 80s, just like just like the, the movies worked in the 80s. I mean, if you think about it, think, th- think about these 80s movies. Like, Mike, I remember his old gripe on the old show was that he didn't like this because it didn't feel like a Friday the 13th movie. But if they really made one today, like, I, show, I showed a friend of mine part two, like, a couple months ago. He'd never seen any of them. And when he was done, he was like, eh, I guess it was okay for a movie back in the day. And I'm I'm saying to myself, okay, 
And then I realized, you know, this is reality. People right. don't want to see that slow shit anymore. I mean, I do. I appreciate right. it. But that's as far as it goes. Like, if they released part two right now and nobody ever saw it, or Halloween one, it would be a complete failure. Yep. And and what you should be talking about is how they they did bring a classic icon to a new generation. And they did it so well. They did. You know, and like, how can you complain? I mean, I just don't get it. Like, I think that some people have standards that I don't even think the first four films accomplished. Exactly. Yet they call themselves Friday fans. Right. They're all unfounded. They, people have things in their head, what, what Jason and the series should be, that it's not even accurate. It's not even right. right. It's like, we watched these movies. We just reviewed them all. We've seen them countless times. I've even seen Jason Takes Manhattan count countless times so it's like we know these things back and forth uh, front and back and it's like you know I, that's why I, I take it all with a grain of salt when people bitch about the remake and stuff it's like well you know watch a movie or two and you realize that it's not that different from the other ones and like you said Alex they reinvented it for for nowadays for, for this generation and I think that's hard enough alone is trying to trying to make a modern day version of something that succeeded in the 80s years ago yeah, that dude. The whole concept don't work anymore. A single killer running around—that's that stuff really doesn't even happen anymore. They 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 tried it again with. Uh, I know he did last summer, and look how freaking flat that fell. And that was like, that's done, man. That's freaking gone. Right, right. Like the new stuff is what's happening, and I don't like it that much, but that's what's happening. And this killer stuff is not going on anymore. So the fact that they did do it and made it plausible, I commend them. Absolutely. Yep. Okay, let's get to uh, Mike. I'm sure wants to touch on the underground. How, what, do you, what do you want to call the it? The tunnels, which is the dumbest friggin' thing. What were they? Ever. Mine tunnels? I don't know. No, I think Jason dug them. What? It would have taken him years. Yeah, that's, 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 that's exactly, exactly. That's what I think happened. I think. I think they're trying to allude to the fact that Jason dug those tunnels. I didn't get that. But, he, but if he loves his mother so much and all this stuff, and he's he's taking all this time to to dig those tunnels, yeah. why would his house, his old house, yeah, and all the belongings up there have maggots all over him? Like he doesn't care, and then he has enough, you know, he has enough inside of him to care about building tunnels. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah, he could have taken that time to sweep up his old place. Right. Yeah, but he doesn't care about that. He only cares about getting revenge and vengeance, and that's why he digs the tunnels because he knows that that will lead to his vengeance. Okay. That's interesting. All right. So you have nothing more to really say about the tunnels. They're they're stupid. And like I said, it made you think that Jason was a thinker. And Jason doesn't think. Jason is a killing machine. Jason in the first 15 minutes of the movie is a killing machine. He's a savage beast, like you guys said. And just the thing is with the tunnels... That just shows that he's, like, cold and calculating, and he's not a savage beast. He's a cold and calculating thinking being, which is not Jason. It's not him. And they did make a conscious decision to do that throughout the whole movie, make him smarter and and all that stuff. You know what, though? Do you think it would have worked if he was... A mongoloid, if he was retarded, if he was dumb, yes. I don't. I don't think it would have. Well, I mean, no, not no more. I, no. I really don't. I, I don't think it would have worked, especially in this movie and and how everything played out. It definitely would have worked. You have to be somewhat smart and 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 know your surroundings and all that stuff to to have the upper hand. You have to. You know, that's just. And, and let me tell you son, it adds a dynamic. It makes it like Jason's completely capable of killing people and he's very good and smart. So now it adds a fear factor. Now these guys, you better watch out. This guy will freaking kill you and he's he he'll get you. He's smart. He has things where if you walk on it, he'll hear a bell ring and all that stuff. That's right. I forgot about that. It raises the stakes, and that's yep. good. That's what you need. You already had the dummy guy in the first eight movies. This is a new time. People want I'll give you the perfect analogy. You got zombies like, brains, brains, and they're walking around one mile an hour. It doesn't work anymore because now you think in the 80s, I guess, I don't know, but now we're like, well, we'll just run around them. You know, kids think differently today. So you have a dummy mongoloid who's just kind of doing his thing in the 80s. That's not going to work. Now I want someone who's smarter than me trying to kill me. Now I'm afraid. Right. 
What do you think of all the nods to the original movies, like the wheelchair on the wall, and uh, I guess that's it. <laughs> okay, never mind. Skip that. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think there was any nods to the original movies. Really, we gotta get a cricket drop. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Dude, you gotta see if you can put that in there where he's like, what about the Nazi original movies and then put crickets? You really should do that, dude. That'd be funny <laughs> as shit. <laughs> I think I do have a cricket job. Oh, yeah. What'd you think of all the nods to the original movies, like the wheelchair on the wall? Alright, so now Jason is at the house. He kills the cop who's there to help them. Uh, Clay comes back with Trent's girlfriend. Did that scene live up to, like, the classic movies of the intensity of part four or the chase in part two? No. Part one? No? No, that Um, was not intense. Not at all. Yeah, it could have been a little more iconic, I think, but it did. It was good with, um, with Roger Bart. As the cop, um, I love him in Hostel too. He kind of owns that whole movie. If, if anybody enjoys that movie, so when I saw him, I thought, okay, obviously he's going to get it at some point. But I didn't think he was going to get it the second he fucking rolled up to the house. You know, Jason just jumps <laughs> down and boom, you're done. I yep. thought that was pretty shocking, and um, just basically like we said, he was relentless and, and he thought a lot what he was doing in that house. You know, and and it, that just showed, like we said, how smart he is in this movie. I don't know. It it wasn't as great as I wanted it to be. I was expecting. I was expecting a little more from the ending, to be perfectly honest with you. But at the same time, it was good. It was they didn't stray off the path so far. To what is this? You know, what is this type of shit? Nope. It was you know he's hunting them in the house, and uh, it's pretty much <laughs> same shit that they've been doing for years. But they they did it good, and and I liked it. I just didn't love it, you know. Right. Okay. Let's get to the awards because I think in the awards we're going to cover the other stuff we didn't get to. Mm-hmm. And uh, okay, one of them is kills. Okay. Trent, were you happy to see Trent die? And do you like the way they yeah, did it? Like where his, he likes... his, kill, his kill was definitely enjoyable. The whole thing with the tow truck thing, I thought that was neat. I'm surprised he lasted that long, though. Like, he lasted till, till pretty much the end. I thought, I hated that character. I hated that guy. Well, he was an asshole. You know, right. that's... Um, and we, we pretty much covered every other kill. I think. Yeah, yeah I think... We actually did. My yeah, favorite kills were the ones on the on the on the boat and in the water, like we said before, those were just so awesome in so many ways. And just when she looks up at that point and sees Jason staring at her in the woods, that creeped me the fuck out. And, you know, you got to give these movies that, too. They have creepy moments, like we said, that scene in part four where, where everybody's leaving Camp Crystal Lake. That's a creepy scene. This in this movie, that's a creepy scene, too. And I don't think that those scenes get enough credit. I don't think we talk about it enough, but, you know, it's just those creepy angles and, and stuff like that, 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 you know, really it's, that's the horror stuff of it. You know, it's, we can talk all we want about kills and how you, how you perceive horror, but those are the real scary moments. That's the good shit, you know? Yep. Right. Location. Did you think this had a good atmosphere? I loved it. I didn't. I love the atmosphere in this movie. I think they did the lake perfectly. Um, you know, they brought it out to the dock at the end. They did everything they should have with a with a quote unquote Camp Crystal Lake or Camp Blood or whatever the hell you want to call it. Well, see, I I guess I'm just biased against the original movies then too much, I guess, because I just felt like everything just seemed artificial to me, and it was like too bright. And they're, you know what I mean? I mean, not the night stuff, but I'm saying like the the day stuff at the house and all that stuff. It was all like too bright. It just, it didn't seem. It, they don't light them the same way they used to light no, them. No, not at all. They not even went all. back to the camp, though. They went back to the camp at night and they did everything they could to, to make it seem like this was around Crystal Lake. Like, you got to give it a little credit. Okay, Mike, give it, give it, do you want to give it this much slack? They have to make it look like a new movie. You can't make I, it look like out of date. Well, yeah, no, I, I get that. I, I do get that. I understand that. I just think that, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess if you look at it that way, it was good. But if you look at it, you know, how I'm kind of looking at it, like it just it doesn't. You don't think they captured the Friday 13th feeling while incorporating it into a new no, movie? No, not at all. 
Okay, sex and nudity. I give this a, a 10 for for putting it in there. Uh, a little uncomfortable. If you want to get to the uncomfortable things and a little too a little too forced, I'll drop it to a 7 or 8. But I, as far as... I give it a 6 for effort. As far as providing it and having the girls being hot, it's a 10. Yeah. 10 just for Willow Ford. All the other chicks don't even have to be in it. Just a 10 for her. Yeah, she... She is so She's hot. amazing. Oh, I, I gotta stop thinking about her. Sorry. Yeah. I don't want to gloss over Jason's death. That's a pretty big climax in the movie. Uh, of course, you know, when we say death, yeah. you know, what we all mean of Jason. So. Right. Uh, so basically, what? He had a chain wrapped around his neck, and he goes into a grinder of some kind. And then they put him in the lake. Yeah, it wasn't too special. And everybody knew he was going to jump up at the end there, right? I mean, I saw that coming a mile away. Yeah. Well, see, that's the thing with movies these days, you know, man. I knew there's got to be one last jump scare. And, you know, even back in the day when Part 2 had it and stuff like that. But movies nowadays have to end right on that. And I knew they would. I knew who was making the movie. I, could, I knew something was going to happen. I didn't know it was going to be that abrupt and, and him just coming out and grabbing her. But I thought I, I definitely saw that coming. All right, the, the person to play Jason Voorhees. Oh. Derek Mears killed it, and he's a very nice guy, too. He emails me back every time I send him little fan notes. Yeah, he is really cool. I do think that he was definitely the best since Kane Hodder. So you're saying he was the best besides Ken. That's not too much. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no, no. Uh, he was definitely... You, how, how, about, was, how about giving us a little further back? Uh, he, was better, he was better than C.J. Graham, I thought, in Six. And I love Six, but he was better than C.J. Graham... He was, he was better he, than Tom Morga. He was better than Tom Morga. He was better than Richard Brooker. Well, no, I can't. Yes. Say that. Well, yeah, well, actually, no, you know what? It. It's on he was, record. Yeah, he was, he was better than. It's Richard on record. Brooker. You've you got know that. What? I'll even give. He was better than Ted White for me. Ooh. Uh, I think Ted White. Yeah, Ted White was perfect for his time, and I think he wouldn't be so far off now. Believe it or not. I don't think Ted White could do it now based on the fact that he's probably pushing 80. Why does Mike take everything literally, Dan? Uh, I can't answer that, Alex. It's it's unbelievable. (laughs) All right, favorite quotes in the movie. I don't think this movie is that kind of a movie that you'd have favorite quotes in. Maybe. Uh, I can't think of any off the top of my head. All right, guys. Let's give our overall consensus, because people might be listening and saying, well, I still don't know what these guys thought about the movie. Yep. Mike, you go first. Give it a seven for a solid effort. And? What is your overall consensus? You're glad they remade it, they did it well, they did it better than most remakes? What do you think? Um, I think that it was a poor attempt at a remake. I think that it was the only thing it is going for it is it was better than Nightmare on Elm Street remake. That's it. Okay. Okay. Dan? I love the movie, like I said in the beginning of the show. If they just would have not called it a remake, I thought I think that would have made it a lot better. It's a standalone, great, great, you know, reboot, whatever you want to call it. And I think that's the main problem, it's the naming of it. You know, I hate to go back to it, but like I said, as a standalone flick, this movie fucking rocks. And and I you know, I still haven't heard any good valid arguments to why uh why it sucks. So I love it, and you know, I gotta give this one. Uh, I gotta give this one a nine. Okay. We gave a couple reasons that it's not perfect with the token black guy, the guy, the characters being a little too aware of each other. I don't think we talked about this movie sucking, so that alone means a lot. We had, we like Dan said in the last episode, we wouldn't even be doing the sh- the special. If we didn't absolutely love all these movies right. on some level, of course, you know we don't like part three and well, you don't seven right uh, yeah oh, yeah seven <laughs> things like that, and you guys don't like eight, but but there's there was so much to kind of goof on with all of them. Right. I didn't have much material to work with here. It, that means it was pretty uh, 
Yeah, and I think too, Alex, you know, even when we're going through this, we're just kind of looking for stuff, you know. On initial view, I'd say this movie's fucking great, hands down, you know. And then you watch it again and again, and then you start to pick stuff apart and, and realize certain things like, okay, well, that doesn't make 100% sense. But you can't just take those little instances in the movies and write that off, write the whole movie off in general and say, no, I sucked fucking, oh, he got his mask from this way, uh, you know, fuck this movie. And whoever does say that, is just beyond delusional. You know, you got to look at the movie as a whole, what, what effect it had on horror today, you know, or 2009 when it came out, and just overall relevance. And you got to look at the whole spectrum of it. And in that sense, this movie fucking kicked ass. It did. And I'm going to compare it to the other remakes. Uh-oh. It's a thousand times better than Halloween. Disagree. It's a billion times better than Nightmare Agreed. on Elm Street. Totally. It's right up there with Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It is. No, it's. I, totally I, I actually that. think it's. Yeah, it's definitely right up there with Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but it's not better than it. But it's up there. Yeah, I said. Yeah, that's what yeah. I said. Yep. Yeah, overall, man, this movie rocked. I mean, like I said, you can't really find anything too horrible and say, "Oh, okay, I'm walking out of the theater." Type of shit, like you know, some people said they did, or some people may react, or you know, oh, I hate this movie because you know I love these. Oh, Jason's running, and I just like I said, I haven't heard a valid argument yet. And every, and and honestly, we uh, you know, we want people to post and tell tell us how you feel. You know, if you have a solid argument, let us know and we'll address it. You know, and we we're wrong a lot of the times. You know. I'm, I'm not. We we always admit when we're wrong, you know, and that's that's part of it. Well, I I haven't. Just technically, I haven't been wrong yet. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get the playback button. <laughs> the only thing I don't like about this movie is Owen Wilson being in the movie and dating and being the guy who's dating Willa Ford. I just don't see that. Look at Owen Wilson. <laughs> wasn't that? Oh, that wasn't Owen. No, Wilson? it looked oh. like him though, but it wasn't. Oh, that's strange. Okay. Well, I rate this movie. For what it is, for what it attempted, and for its competition, I give it a 9. Yep. That's how good it was compared to what has, is out there. Me too, sir. Like the old analogy, you rate the girls by where you are. If you're at work, she's hotter than she would be outside. <laughs> and for what this is... I 9 in the cubicle, 3 in the club. <laughs> yep. Well, there you have it. That was our 12 days of Friday the 13th. That's right. We hope you enjoyed our return back to Horror Bid, and we have a big show for you. An awesome interview with Adam Green, director of Hatchet, Frozen, and the star and producer of the new comedy-slash-horror sitcom on FearNet. So, this is Alex. Michael J. Danchet. We'll see you then.